Hey, listen, I was thinking, this, this is not my message, but, you know, uh, I was thinking about doing worship about heaven a little bit. And what I was uh, thinking, heaven is really a Pentecostal place. And the reason I said that is the only time heaven got silent, it was actually uh, mentioned in the Bible that heaven was silent for 30 minutes. <laughs> like, and that wasn't necessarily the norm in heaven. So heaven's a very Pentecostal uh, place. And I'm saying that because I think the earth and the body of Christ would be really terribly boring and sad without the Pentecostal people. Amen. And so, I don't know, I just feel like there's a Pentecostal fire burning that's being fanned in the earth right now. I really feel that. And I'm so happy, uh, you know, I didn't choose, well, I, would, I never called myself a Pentecostal. I always called myself something not charismatic or Pentecostal, but truthfully, that's what, what I am. I didn't choose that. It chose me. Amen. When I, I grew up in a Presbyterian world, and that was just not my world. It's, that's not good or that's not a, a, a negative against Presbyterians. Obviously, they're beautiful. Uh, but that wasn't for me. So, somehow or another, when I got born again later in life, I, I forsook the, the Presbyterian as soon as I could get away with it. You know, as soon as I could, my daddy wouldn't drag me through a knot hole over it. I, I slipped away from the, from that, but um, it, somebody grabbed a hold of me and took me to a Pentecostal church, and well, it was my friend who took me there to meet Becky. <laughs> so I always tell my Assembly of God friends I owe them everything, and they really don't know what they lost because I stole Becky from the Assembly of Gods. <laughs> She was there in this Assembly of God church. It was really amazing. And I loved it. And it just sort of got the bug, you know. <laughs> I could never get rid of that bug. So let that Pentecostal fire burn you this morning. Amen. Um, that was really good. So I, I was at River Life Chapel Hill last week. I just want to tell you, they're doing, I think, pretty doggone good. Uh, Matthew wasn't there, obviously. He was hanging around Marlin. <laughs> They were pretty tore up, I think. <laughs> Everybody was. I think they wore them out, but I, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. But um, they had a really amazing worship there last week at River Life Chapel Hill. And so I was, I was really blessed to be there. So I gave them this message. I'm going to give you a version of that mess, same message. Uh, it's a little bit different for you because some of the stuff I share with them, I've already shared here over the year. But, um, so I'm just going to try to keep this short because it is Mother's Day, right? And Marlon said that he wanted to keep this for the mothers. I'm sorry, mothers. I don't have a Mother's Day message. Okay? This is, but I do have a Father's Day message. This is from the father, okay? Who also has a mother heart, right? So it all works out the same, okay? But I do love the mothers, and my mom had an amazing impact in my life. Uh, I didn't know about how spiritual my mom was growing up because she was, you know, kind of from, she was old school and, you know, if you didn't do what she said, she would just whip you. I mean, there was no, you know, in between on it. Like, you either do it or you get a whip. You can decide which one you want. But I was the kind of kid that always was trying to figure out how far I could get, how much I could get away with. Right? I know none of y'all have done that. I would stretch it and stretch it. But there was a point where my mama, it was like, dang, they come turning back. It was... It was a it was a terrible moment. I don't man, I never got that. I never got the revelation that I'm causing this pain in my life by being so ridiculous. But I appreciate my mom and all that she did for me. And so, if you have a mama that's alive, and call her or be with her, tell her you love her. Just tell her you love her, and that, and just tell her how much she means to you. And if if your mama's in, with the Lord, then you just have a beautiful memory. And Forget the bad things, because you know, everybody's got bad things. Forget all that. And bless them. And even even you may need to forgive your mom. Today's a good day to forgive. And remember, our moms are human beings. 
just like we are and, and going through life and sometimes we don't, they don't always do things right they don't always say things right but I tell you man a mother is an amazing thing that God has given us and I really appreciate the mothers I appreciate the spiritual mothers let's keep uh, Bunny and her family in prayer is, you know, she's in the tr- between she's between here and there you know and it's time for her to go whenever the Lord gives her the final ticket. But keep the linkers in prayer. You know, it's hard to lose somebody. But it's going to be good for money. She's going to be in heaven with the Lord. Yes. So I wanted to talk to you about, uh, well, you know everybody gives these messages in January about 2008. You know, the year. This is the prophetic message for the year, right? I'm sort of slow. It's now, you know, almost halfway, and I'm going to give you the 2000. What I did was, this is a lie, I can tell you. I waited to get all this information to know what to tell you. <laughs> That's a lie. This is the stuff the Lord has shown me. It's just amazing. Um, okay, this is, I was just joking with you about that. Um, you know, so here's the thing is, I think it's a key time for us, 2018. I think it's a, a time to enter into something. That's what I really mean. If you, if you look at things from a practical and historical perspective, the numbers, the years with eight something are significant. Eight, uh, years, significant things happen uh, in numbers with eight on it. Now, don't, don't Hebrew me. Okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 2018 guy. I'm in the English world, so... Let me tell you what happened in 2008, okay? That's pretty amazing when you look back. Uh, it, it was rough. You know, we had the, the housing market, that what they call the bubble, busted in 2008. That was like the beginning of this, this economic collapse. That happened in, in 2008. In, in the fall of 2008 is when the government, which was uh, Bush, uh, President Bush, was still the president, and he did the, the bailout, like the $750 million bailout, I think, or something like that, for for the banks. And it was also in that year that they just, uh, the government decided to take over the insurance companies. So those are like two significant things. Also, 2008 was where uh, Barack Obama was uh, elected as the president, the first black man to ever become the president of the United States. Uh, that, that was really pretty significant. Um, and most of that significant stuff happened towards the end of 2000. If you go back to 98, I'll just throw this at you. I'm not going back to 88 and 78. It's too far. It doesn't matter no more. <laughs> but here's a couple things that were very significant in, two, in 1998. Osama bin Laden emerged and wrote some kind of jihad thing where he was going, launching a jihad against Israel and against the Crusader nations, which would be the United States. And in 1998, he launched his first terrorist attacks on the American embassy in, I think, Kenya, in Tunisia, or Tanzania. Tanzania. Over 240 people were killed. That was the beginning of an era, okay, of, of, of terrorism that we've, you know, that is still, you know, we're still dealing with. Also, here's an interesting thing. Google started in 1998. That's when Google was launched. Good or bad. (laughs) Okay, so so those are some some significant things. I'm just sort of prepping this. I've got a reason where I'm going. Are y'all with me? Uh, Interesting. There are major things happening in the world right now. I mean, very significant things. I I mean, I'm just going to tell you a couple. Of course, we all know about North Korea. Okay, let me just say this about North Korea. The Korean War began in 1950. That's when that war began. It went, it was a shooting war for three years. And they estimate 5 million, this is 5 million uh, civilians and soldiers were killed in that three year period. Isn't that amazing? Amazingly terrible. 5 million people. They don't really, they don't have a, way, a grid to estimate how many people have died since 1953. Okay, and that war, uh, uh, almost 68 years old, is coming to an end. That's significant. Okay, I'm I'm trying to get y'all to think something here this morning. 
That's significant. Don't look the other way. Don't look the other way. Don't, don't be deluded in what you're hearing or not hearing. That's significant. That's significant. That war's going to... If you were a Korean, I've been to South Korea. If you were a Korean, you would feel something a lot different. There's a lot of broken families in that, those nations. I mean, there is a lot of heartbreak in those nations. And God is working. Okay, God is at work doing something. That's, that's pretty hard. Saudi Arabia, this is amazing about Saudi Arabia. Has anybody been more following Saudi Arabia? It, incredible. Saudi Arabia has recently, they're going through huge changes in that nation. Oh, here's a simple change. Women can drive. Well, it may not be big to us, but if you was a woman living in Saudi Arabia, that'd be major. Oh, the king's wife even drove without her head covering on. The king of Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has declared, okay, they've declared this, officially. uh, the, the, The religion of Islam is established, therefore we're going to allow other religions... The books, their information to come into Saudi Arabia. In fact, they have agreed to allow Christian churches to be built in Saudi Arabia. This is Mecca. This is the Muslim Mecca. This is what the leadership. That's significant. In fact, uh, the, the people, the Saudis would tell you, they said the changes going on there are almost too much. They're almost too much to keep up with. Significant changes. God is, and it's because there's a new leadership in there. I don't know if you remember back towards the end of last year, a bunch of Saudi princes were arrested. Did anybody remember that? Well, they call them arrested. They think about a luxury hotel. <laughs> but they extracted a lot of money out of those people. And a new crown prince arose. And he came to the United States around the first of the year, and he actually came and met here wearing a three-piece, not traditional suit. Never has happened ever. That, that's a significant thing. And there's a lot of other things I could tell you about Saudi Arabia that I don't really know enough about. Of course, we've got a big event happening this week. Okay, right? The, the embassy, the American embassy is going to be dedicated in Jerusalem. That's major. That's major. And other countries have said that they're, they're moving Paraguay. I read they're, they're one of them. Uh, I don't know how many. I didn't really... You know, look into all of that. But, you know, one of the things that we haven't seen happen yet that's happening right now is there is a revolution, a grassroots revolution happening in Iran. People. The people of Iran are starting to rise up and resist the government there, which is one of the most terrorist, sponsored, driven, bad countries as far as leadership in the world. Um, and, and I believe that this year we'll see, we'll see a, a shift in the government of Iran where the people, not, not from war, not from the United States, but the people of Iran, because the people of Iran are over there celebrating that President Trump decided not to re-up on that nuclear deal. The people are, because they're saying we got nothing out of it. In fact, all we got was more, more difficulties out of it. Now, I'm not trying to be political here, so I don't care where you understand the political thing. We need to be rejoicing when things like this are happening in the world. Um, yeah. Um, here's another interesting, then I'm going to move on. Y'all okay? I love all this stuff. In the first year, the Lord told me to start being more in tune with what's happening in the world. Well, here's how it works. This is what you do when you want to be in tune with really what's happening. Turn off the news. Turn the news off. All of it. Every bit of it. All, I don't care where that is. Turn it off. Because you're not getting the truth. <laughs> you are getting an agenda. You're getting a spin. They're, getting, they're trying to tell you something. So I turned it all off. You know one of the first things that happened to me when I turned it off? Peace. I started feeling a lot better about things. Also, I didn't think everything was just like, this is terrible. I feel terrible. I started feeling like, there's, there's hope. And so it took a little bit of work you know, to find some of this. And there's people out there that really can, can help you with this. But uh, as of Monday of this past week, there's 35 Republicans and 13 Democrats who are either retiring or not seeking re-election in the House and the Senate combined. Think about that. 35 Republicans, 
13 Democrats. Oh, the news would make you, oh, that's the worst thing that ever happened. Listen, it's a changing of the guard. That's a good thing. It's not about Republican, Democrat. It's a good thing that God is doing something. And so I want to tell you this. We have an opportunity. The church has an opportunity right now. We have an opportunity to have, begin to have a say-so in what's going on in our world. Through prayer, mainly. Okay, what well, Psalm 107, verse 2. I was thinking about that this morning. The last two years of Bob Jones's life, that was the most quoted thing he would keep saying over and over. Let the redeemed of the Lord have say-so. And so we can begin to have a say-so through our prayers about what's happening in our nation. We need to pray about this embassy thing. We need to be praying about the North Korea thing. We need to be... But I, here's the thing. Becky and I were talking about this this morning. If you get rid of religion, if you just, just quit throwing the religion aside, all of a sudden the prayer becomes a joy. The prayer suddenly becomes you're, you're doing something with God. You're cooperating with what God is wanting to accomplish instead of having to do something. Okay, it's the same thing with church. People, you know, a lot of people don't do church, don't like church. Well, it's because of religion. Get rid of the religion and you can come into some joy in what God's doing in the earth and when the church is a big part of what God's doing in the earth. And so that's the shift that we need to make in our hearts, a shift away from religion, shift into relationship, okay, Shift into relationship, and then you begin to tap into the heart of God. You begin to feel things that God, and God will begin to open up doors and open up things for you to see. Like, I'm doing something, Byron, in North Korea. Remember those people who talked about family members that they lost touch with? They don't even know if they're alive or not over in uh, North Korea when I was in South Korea. Remember them? I'm doing something. I heard their prayers. I felt for that. I feel for when a soldier that, that runs away from North Korea and they open him up and he's full of worms. You think God doesn't feel all of that? God's at work. God's at work. Where are we? Are we with him? Or are we out somewhere in our delusion somewhere? I'm just trying to encourage you this morning. Okay? I'm not, I'm not making a judgment on you or anybody else. But I'm just trying to tell you there's more going on and God wants to open our eyes to see Yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. So I really want to encourage you to allow the Lord to begin to reveal His heart about what's happening in the nations of the world and, and begin to see, see things differently. And I would encourage you, personally speaking, to turn the, turn the news off. Honestly. So you can start hearing God and getting rid of all that noise that's penetrating your heart, which does nothing but drag you down. So, I, um, okay, um, you know, don't be mad at me if, if you love the news. I'm just saying, you know, that's just me. You can say, I don't believe that. I, I'm good. Okay? But I want to say that because I believe 2018 can be a year of new beginnings for you on a personal level. If God is doing this on a big level, it means he's doing it on a little level, a personal level, an individual level. Amen? And so that's why I said that. So, you know, I was telling Becky Monday... You know, about, like, Becky, I just feel like there's a changing of, guard, of the guard happening. That's where I found out about all the senators and stuff. I knew some of them were, but I didn't know like that many. You know? There's a changing of the guard, I feel like, in, in the church, too, spiritually. I'm telling you that. It's just, there's something happening. There's a shift happening. And I, a couple hours later, I read this email. Y'all know who Lance Walnow is? The guy who says 5,000 words in seven Seconds or less. <laughs> they can talk faster than anybody in the world. A lot of good stuff. It's like, oh, something <laughs> His wife called him and said, the Lord gave me a word. What is it? Changing of the guard. She didn't know what it meant. But there's a changing of the guard, I believe, in the body of Christ. Just like there's a changing of the guard happening in governments of the nation. There's a changing of the guard. Several years, uh, the last several years, to me, the prophetic seemed like it just lost its breath. That's the way it felt. Like the breath of us gone. And, and, and you look at it naturally, we lost like many prophets passed on. Three of them, another one would be Bob Jones, okay, Ken Clement, and John Paul Jackson. Those were three very prominent, well-known prophets that died within the past five years. There were many other prophets that weren't as well-known but were very well known within the prophetic community and the prophetic family in, in, in the world that also passed on. 
In fact, I know some prophets personally that were very concerned about themselves. Because they were looking around and seeing all their, their peers passing on and dying. They were wondering, am I going to die? They were, they were concerned. And so I believe there was a, that, that was the changing of the guard. That was the beginning of it. That was a shift where God is going to... But I feel like I have felt lately this stern in the prophetic. I don't know if anybody else has felt that. Marlon felt it. Okay? There's a stern in the realm of the prophetic going on right now. And God's going to raise up new prophetic voices. He's already raising up some. Some will be prominent people that everybody will hear about. Everybody... But there's many prophetic voices. In fact, that's what the Bible declares in the last time, right? Acts 2, that there will be a prophetic anointing in the earth. And it will be men and women. In fact, God says, I'm going to pour my spirit out and, and everybody can prophesy. And there's going to be this anointing for the prophetic that's going to really get released. I feel like, I don't know if that, that I don't, it's like a friend of mine said back years ago about the revival. It may not you know, this is that. <laughs> this is that which the prophet Joel. It may not be the that, but it is a that. <laughs> and so I believe there's a that on the prophetic get rising up. I really believe that right now. And I believe we're going to see many people, as the scripture said, faceless generation of prophetic people. It may look different. It may manifest different. Everybody's not going to be like Bob Jones or John Paul or or can commit, but there's a prophetic voices that are being risen up. And God's going to put authority on people who carry the prophetic anointing. Uh, and we need authority because you can have an anointing for something, but when the authority comes on and that gives you the, the right to use that and, and demonstrate that in a way that has a lot more impact. So, time out. Okay? You. Marvin, I'm going to say, has a very strong prophetic gift. I noticed around the first of the year, your prophetic gift increased. And I was like, man, some of the words he was getting for people were, you know, like personal prophetic words, like, oh, man, Marvin, good Lord, he's, he's tapped into something. He's reading people's mail like crazy. Like, you know, like, you know, get around Marvin, he's going, <laughs> if you're doing something bad, he might pick up on it. <laughs> I've sat with him back there for seven. I'm like, I wonder if he's picking up on all that bad thoughts I was having earlier today. <laughs> so, but here's why I'm saying this tomorrow. This is that word you asked me to give you, which I ignored you. He asked me, I had a word for him. I said, yeah, I got one. And he said, what is it? Like, and I just ignored him. I didn't hear you tomorrow. I didn't want to see that text. <laughs> this is what I thought that I was been praying for when Marlon was gone. I'm going to pray for Marlon when Marlon's in India. I asked the Lord to give me something for him. And the Lord said, authority is coming your way. That God's going to stand up, Marlon. They want you to stand up. So the Lord's honoring Marlon. The Lord has given you a strong gift, Marlon. Okay? And you've gone through a lot of stuff. Well, that didn't take a prophet to say that. If you know Marlon's situation, he's been through. Been through and is in a very trying time in his life. Okay? But the Lord's saying that's what, he's going to take that and he's going to put some authority on you over that. Yeah. And your anointing for prophetic is, is strong, but now it's going to be even more powerful because the authority of the Lord's given you. So I just want to declare that in front of, I don't really have a time on that, okay? The anointing's already there. And you do have authority, but there's a lot more authority coming your way. So I think the main thing that I want to tell you is just, you know, keep staying in that grace, okay? And don't, don't step out the grace because the grace is what's going to get you through this, through your troubles, through your fire. But when you come out of it completely, you're going to carry a lot of authority and your words are going to carry a lot more weight than they have. Not, they have weight now, but it's going to be a lot more weight. Amen? So reach your hands tomorrow. And let's just bless him and agree with the Lord. Lord, we just agree with you from all of the goose through the day that authority's coming. Authority's coming on this anointed man, this, this prophetic man, this man who carries a real prophetic mantle. And we're just saying increase even more of that prophetic. But Lord, we're asking for the authority. We're asking to get him through this fiery time. Lord, fix the situations in his life in Jesus' name. 
and break off the enemy's commission off of him and his family today in the name of Jesus. We just curse that commission of the devil and say it's broken over Marlon and over Mary and over his two beautiful children in Jesus' name. And we want to tell you, Marlon, we love you and respect you highly. And you're very needed in this place. And we're thankful that you're here in this house. Amen. Amen. Well, now you were in there. Now you were I wanted to do that. Uh, I think we need to honor people sometimes. So I thought, mercy, Lord. So I need to get moving here. Because I had to stop her. They told me I did. So I think I told y'all, you know, when I've, in the past few years, when it felt like the prophetic sort of lost its breath, the whole word for a year thing to me became like, oh, what's the use? Nothing <laughs> yeah, come true. Well, I'm not going to waste my time having a seeking the Lord for a word for 2018. But on 2000, January 1st, 2018, I woke up and I said, well, just in case, <laughs> you may possibly kind of have a word for me. I would like to hear it, Lord. And so I got out of my bed and I'm walking into the kitchen to get me a cup of coffee and the Lord spoke to me and he gave me a word. He said, this is the word. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. That was his word for me. I was, stay in my lane. Okay. Awesome. I'm almost, what is my lane? What does that mean, Lord? And, and you know, I kind of know what it means. I kind of do. But, you know, I've been through stuff. You know what I'm saying? I've been through some stuff. Like he's, and, and, and he's been through stuff and you've been through stuff. And sometimes when you go through stuff, you start wondering stuff, right? You start wondering, what is my lane? What the heck? You know, I don't know about you, but I start wondering about things. Today, was that really God back there? Because if it is, why the heck am I messed up so bad right now? If God's been talking. I know y'all don't think that. But me do. So I began to wonder. Like, well, I used to think I really knew what my lane was. And uh, now I don't know for sure. I think I do, Lord. But you, you need to tell me what my lane is, Lord, because I don't want to assume nothing, presume nothing with the Lord. So, you know, I just sort of let it go a little bit and you know, didn't try to strive on it too much. Let me tell you a couple quick things about this. Let me read them to you real fast. 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and have kept the faith. Isn't that beautiful? Paul at the end of his life. Very, the very end. Okay, race there means course. It means the course of life. It, and, and it literally in the Greek, Paul said, I have finished not the race. I have finished my, everybody say my. My course. Paul knew his course. God had revealed to him that his course of life, what your life is supposed to look like. And, and he had plenty of freedom day in and day out to, to function in this course, but he did not have the freedom to step outside of that course because he knew when he stepped out of that course, things were not going to work for him. He knew that God had sent him to the Gentiles. He just needs to lead the Jewish people to Peter. That's what he said. God called you to go to them. He called me to go out here to these people who don't know. See, he had this understanding so he could begin to flow in what he was supposed to do. You know? And so that's, that's what we're talking about. We're going to find our lane. We're not going to try to drive in somebody else's lane. Okay? I'm not going to try to be like Marlon. I'm going to be stupid. Y'all were like, get over it. Right? But I can celebrate his lane. I can encourage him in his lane. I can love what his lane does. And I can say, oh, somebody needs it. Oh, I know somebody can help you. Let me go get Marlon Magusa. He'll help you. He's got some stuff that I, I can't do. You, are you following what I'm saying to you this morning? When you get in your lane, you kind of start understanding some things about yourself and about other people. You know, all of a sudden, all these insecurities and stuff can be dealt with in a very proper, godly way in your life. You know, just comparing yourself and all that stuff, you, you sort of start getting over that. Because you start to see the mind of the Lord and the heart of God and how God values everybody's lane. And God has created lanes for each of us. Let me read this one right quick. Well, you know, it'd be like me trying to act like a mom. 
That is not that doesn't work well. In fact, Becky said, you're talking, you're talking too hard to those grandkids. <laughs> oh, they know I'm picking. Well, you need to stop being so like that. That's a mama talking. You know, mamas don't go for that. I don't know about you, but when me and Becky had our own children at home, they could do something really bad. Okay, and I don't feel it's very justifiable just blowing up at them and acting really stupid. Thinking that she was going to be backing me? Mm-mm. I was getting blown up at. By how I act, suddenly what they did wasn't nothing. What you did is way worse. You need to grow up yourself. <laughs> so, that's sort of the way it is. But hey, look, let me read Psalm 37, verse 23. It says, the, the steps of a good man, that's your course, the steps of a good man are ordered, ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his, God delights in your life. When you're in your lane, there's a delight of God that's going to be released to you. In fact, God delights to reveal that to you. See, what? that's the thing. Religion says you've got to do all this stuff to get it. God says, no, you don't. Who told you you've got to do a bunch of bull? Who told you you've got to fast for 40 days or 50 or whatever? I'm just messing. Not that anybody's ever done that. But I'm going to tell you this right now. You do not have to do that to find your lane. Okay? Because God delights to give it to you. He wants to reveal it to you. Okay? All he's looking for is this relational connection where you can begin to get it from him. Let it begin to rub off on you. Are y'all following that? He delights. See, I love that. He delights in his way. His his is the way that God has designed for you. He delights in it. And there's there's nothing better. There's no one way better. There's nothing, you know, you can be a carpenter. And it's coming out of your heart. That's the way. And that's where God is going to do some beautiful stuff in your life. Yeah. And so... It really is where your anointing is. It's where your authority is. It's where all your provision is. It's where the, your breakthrough is. It's where your answers are. It's all in your way. If I'm trying to walk in Scott Forsythe's way, I'm getting fired pretty quick. I'm going to be a fraud pretty quick. There's no provision for me there. Are you following me? I just want to encourage you. This is what God's doing. Let me read this one. I love this one. Jeremiah 1.5. This is about your spiritual DNA because that's where your, your way comes from. It comes from who God created you to be. This is what the Lord said to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Isn't that beautiful? Before, before you were ever even a thought on earth, I knew you. I loved you. I had a relationship with you. You never did anything good. You never did anything bad. But I knew you and loved you. And I embraced you. I just loved that. I just love that, that God's like that. Before Byron Wicker ever became anything, he was in love with me and cared about me. And he was thinking about the life I was going to live. He was thinking about the family I was going to be born into. He was going to thinking about the schools I was going to, the colleges. He was thinking about what I would do when I'm this age. He was all thought out in God's heart. Okay, because before he formed me in my mama's womb, he knew me. And he set a course for life. He put a DNA in me. And none, none of those people in your life were an accident. Amen. Amen. Your mama wasn't an accident. Your daddy wasn't an accident. The bully at school wasn't an accident. <laughs> none of it was an accident in God. He created circumstances. He didn't create you to be abused or taken advantage of. He knew stuff was going to happen. But he created all that to serve you. So your DNA, he created you to be the person he created you to be. He told Jeremiah, hey, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. He set you apart before you were ever born. You didn't get saved because all of a sudden you got clever and saw the redeemer. No, you got saved because he set you apart. And he kept drawing you and wooing you through all the stuff you went through in life. He was at work in your life when you were doing it at your worst moment. When you're doing your most sinful thing, God was still saying, I still stand to my part. I still love him. I still care about him. I'm still reaching for him. He's always been like that. He always will be like that. So the next time you do something terrible or think something terrible, don't think God is disappointed. Don't think God's going to push you aside. That's the devil talking. He may not like what you're doing. He may not like what you're thinking. But he'll never push you aside. He might have a conversation with you about it. More than likely he will. Or he'll send somebody like Becky. 
But he said, thank you to me to help me get straightened out in life. And talk to me and tell me how bad I was. I was thinking, thank you, this is for, for Jeremiah. I ordained you to be a prophet. I ordained you. I, you didn't decide you was going to be a prophet, Marlon. That wasn't your ideal. God decided that. But guess what? Because God decided it, you're drawn to the prophetic. It intrigues you. You feel it. You want it. Because God put it in you. That's your DNA. And he's telling you, Marlon, that's your lane. I put that in you. I created that in you. It's your spiritual DNA. And your DNA, everything you do on the outside should come from the inside of who you really are. And so you'll go through things to find out who you really are. You'll go through things to find out your identity and all that good stuff, you know. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you'll find that you'll discover if you really want this. You'll discover. You'll discover who you are. You'll discover your lane because God will make it clear to you. If you can get rid of the religion, if you can get rid of what Johnny and Sue were doing, and, 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 and the person who's up there on, on the stage, popular, and everybody's swooning over, if you can just get all that out of your mind, get all that out of your heart, and begin to find out what God's saying inside of you, and start being true to that, being true to these things He's put in you. Because that's your DNA. That's who you are. That's where your lane is found. Your lane's inside of you. Your lane, your course of life is inside of you. It was, it was written into you in the womb. But before the womb, God wrote it down somewhere and stuck it into you. And it's like we're trying to discover this thing many times out here. Young people hang around, the, you know, grow your hair. That's what we used to do. Grow your hair out long and do the hippie thing. That's how you got identity. It didn't work. It just didn't work. None of it works. Unless that's who you really are on the inside. You tap into something. Most of the time, people do stuff because they feel rejected and they're just trying to find something. You know, that's why they say about the kids joining games. That's why they say kids join games. It's not they're, they're mean kids and they want to go shoot people. It's because they found some people that accept them, at least on the surface, and they feel like they can belong to something. It's a, it's a yearning on the inside. It's that search on the inside. Where's the church? See, that's where the body of Christ really, when we get rid of religion and start being and getting in our, in our lane, getting on our course, that's where we can reach those, those people who want to do games. And games are coming our way, I hate to say. But anyways, whoo, life attracts life in the spiritual realm. Don't ever forget that. In the spirit, life attracts life. That's important to know. Because so what's in you Spiritually, it's going to be attracted to out here. There's things that are going to attract you. Pay attention to those attractions. You got one of that? Just pay attention to them. Now, I ain't talking about perverted stuff. I ain't talking about carnal. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about inside of you. It's going to be attracted to things out here. Oh, that, like with Martin. Martin's been attracted to the prophetic ever since I've known him. He was just attracted to it. It interested him. He wanted to know about it. He read books about it. He studied it. He tried to prophesy you know, he, he put himself to it because inside of him he was seeing something out here that spoke to him in here. Y'all, come on, man, I'm writing you out. Okay. Here's another thing the Lord told me this year, acceleration. Right? You want me to push the gas pedal and go faster? God wants to accelerate people, but here's the key. God is not interested in accelerating you on the wrong lane. Because that's going to take you somewhere he doesn't want you to go. The way you can be accelerated is get in your lane. Do y'all hear that? The way, if you want to get into this thing, this dimension of the acceleration, which I know is real, I've been accelerated before. And we all need to be accelerated. Right? Come on, Lisa. Come on. Here's why you need to be accelerated. Here's why I need to be accelerated. Here we are spiritually. God's saying, you're supposed to be down there. That's what it is. You're supposed to be down there. You're down here. Okay, here's what we're going to do. You're in your lane. We're going to push the gas down. You're going to get down there. What might take you five years, you can get down there in five days. In five days, I'm going to do something radical in your life. It's going to completely shift you. That's what acceleration is. It gets you where you're supposed to be faster than you could get under the normal process of spirituality and all that good stuff. 
Well, it's like some of these kids that are really smart. They graduate from high school and they've already been about half done with college, like the Sapanic kids. They're not here. I'll pick on the Sapanic. The Orange. Heck, the time they're out of high school, they've been daggone got three years of college under their feet. They're taking all these college courses online. You're thinking, how do they do that? It's because they're accelerated, man. They got this anointing on them for intellect. They I gotta hurry because Becky said I need to be finished. So this is one thing that needs to happen for all of us. The warfare. Okay, let me just say this. I really want to tell you something. There is something called spiritual warfare and it's very real. Amen. Anybody that says it's not, delusion. You're living in delusion. You're not reading what the Bible says. It's very clear about it. So a lot of warfare from the last season has really took its toll on people. And it, it wears your heart down. And there was a lot of warfare over the last season. And so God has been working to get that off of us. Get the warfare. Get the, the disappointment. Get the brokenness. Get the, get the hurt. Get the loss. He's got to get it off your heart so your heart can start coming alive again. And start believing again. You know? I, I'll just tell you, this is one thing I do. I've been doing all this year. And sometimes it gets real intense, and sometimes it's quiet. But every night I get in my bed, I say, here I go, Lord, one more time. Lord, detox me. Detox my soul, Lord, while I sleep. Detox my soul. Lord, counsel me. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me revelation while I sleep. And so the Lord, has, it's an, I got some amazing stories. I can't share them with you. Don't have, of what God has revealed to me through dreams about me. Stuff I had no clue that was down deep into my soul that was affecting me big time. I mean, imagine, and I would have never in a million years known it. It's like God revealing that, okay, now you know that, now we need to fix it. We need to get down to that, those things, those fiery darts that somehow got into you. We need to get the poison out of you. And so I really encourage you to do that. And allow the Lord to do it. Because man, while you're sleeping, God's just doing stuff. You don't have to do anything. Except let. Are y'all following that? And so I think that happens. And then when when that begins to happen, you can get re-envisioned. You can get re-energized. See, that's the thing. God wants to re-energize people. Because a lot of good people are not energized towards the kingdom right now. A lot of good people are lethargic. She said it in the worship. They let their feelings rule them. They let... The disappointment rule them. They let the weak rule them. And God wants to bring some energy into the body of Christ. He wants to bring some energy into us. And when we get a church full of people who are energized towards God and freshly envisioned towards the Lord and what the Lord is doing wherever they may be in all the earth, that's when shifts happen. Big shifts. Are y'all following this? All right, the other one is, let, this is powerful for me, let the Lord turn the water, which to me is the everyday, into wine, which is the supernatural. Because we all live in an everyday world. Everyday things are happening. Okay? But the Lord wants to turn the everyday into something supernatural. He wants to show you what he's up to. He wants to reveal things to you in your everyday life. God's active. God is speaking. Okay? He really is. And so that's why I call turning the water and the run. You've got to be intentional about this. You've got to let the Lord do it. Okay, let's a big thing in the, in the, in the spiritual realm. Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Let, L-E-T, let. You go through your day on automatic mode, you'll get home every night bummed out. You'll wake up sometimes bummed out. But when you become more intentional and more thinking about what God is doing and not in this automatic crazy mode that we get into and listen to all these voices that are coming at you. Because voices are attacking. You know, and telling you stuff. And if you believe those voices, they're going to hurt you. They're going to bring you down. I know. I, I, I mean, I'm with you on that. And we have to let him teach us to think differently. i got to finish. But this is important. I, when, I, when I was a young believer in the 70s, I heard our pastor, Luann's dad, Luann Moss's daddy, say this. He had just come back from the beach, 
he says, every time I go to the beach, the Lord speaks to me. And I thought, every time I go to the beach, the Lord just says nothing to me because I'm doing bad things at the beach with my eyes. And I know none of you other boys do that, but well, that was in the 70s. Okay? Like but this thought came into my mind when Harry said that, Harry Bazell. I thought, well, if the Lord will speak to Harry at the beach, you sure speak to me too, right, Lord? And so the next time I went to the beach, I tested, Lord, I need you to speak to me while you're here because you spoke to Harry. Can you do that for me? And the Lord started speaking to me at the beach for over 40 years now. Every time I go to the beach, God speaks to me. Well, I went, we went a couple weeks ago, and I forgot to ask the Lord to speak to me. Okay? I just didn't think about it. But guess what? He did. Yeah. So I had this dream the first night I was at the beach. Because God speaks to me a lot in dreams. Okay, a whole lot. So here's the dream. I got these problems in my life. Okay? Some of them were like my own problems that just me that I caused or somebody else caused towards me. Some of them were church problems, okay? Like, oh, you know, there's always problems where people go. Uh, and then some were other problems that were outside of me. Every one of So I'd have the problem, and then God would solve the problem in the dream. Then I'd go to the next problem. God was solved. The next one, God was solved. The next one, God was solved. Well, I had this one particular problem that was really irritating the fire out of me. Is I hurt my MCL. Y'all know what MCL is? Oh, you don't want to mess with MCL. It's your knee. It's a ligament right here in your knee. And it's like, oh. I couldn't, I couldn't run anymore or walk. I could, the golf game started getting worse and worse because, you know, you had to shift your weight over on your knee, on your leg when you play golf. There's a shift that happens. It hurt every time I would shift. So you start unconsciously doing things to keep hurting. And, and I would watch my neighbors run, and I would feel jealous. All of a sudden, in this dream, I'm running. And I woke up, I'm healed! And I stood up, I'm not healed! That's what it really was. Because in the morning, you'd be stiff. I'm not healed! I thought I was healed, Lord. In the dream, I was healed. And this is what the Lord said to me. You're going to have to contend for this stuff. I'm telling you, he said, the solutions are here. The answers are here. But you need to do your part. And this is the scripture he gave me. Give me this one thing, moms. Mark 11, 22-24. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Which literally that means have, have faith of God. That's what that literally means right there. It doesn't mean, you know, you're going to generate something. It's like Jesus was saying, God is offering faith to you. Have it. Let that faith come to you. For surely I say to you, whoever says, listen, whoever what? Says, say says, yes. to this mountain. What's your mountain? You give mountains your problem. This is Jesus talking now. This ain't some, you know, Bible teacher. This ain't Paul. This is, this is the Lord himself telling us, here's your key to your solutions. Here's your keys to fixing your, fixing your life, fixing your problems. Says this mountain, be removed and cast the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe Everybody wants to focus on doubt. Doubt's real. We have to deal with doubt. But that ain't the focus. Right? If you got doubt, okay. That's not a bad thing. Just deal with it. Right? Yeah. That's, that's what you do with doubt. You deal with it. You don't make that the thing. You make what Jesus said. Well, well if I got this done, let me get that done. Well, let's get rid of that. As a famous guy, hey, I'm going to tell you all a secret. Neil Lincoln. He's going to be mad at me for telling him. I'm telling him. I thought this was hilarious. So Neil, I was over there with him the other day. He's going to love me because he told me not to tell him about it. I did not agree. I did not agree. <laughs> Neil Linker was in the Air Force, a career Air Force fighter pilot guy. That's what he did. Then he became a pilot for Piedmont U.S. Airways. But in order for him to move up in the ranks in the Air Force, he had to get a master's degree to do that. Guess what Neil Lincoln got a master's degree in? Anybody know? Just a guess. Any guess. Neil Lincoln got a, degree, a master's degree in counseling. Don't you think that's funny? <laughs> if you know Neil Lincoln, you think, no, you didn't, Neil! 
Well, this is what he told me. He said, I figured this out about that. I wasn't going to be a counselor. I wanted to be able to reach higher levels in the, as an officer. That's why I did it. He said, I figured this out. I figured out what my counsel was. Somebody coming to me for me. Because he had to do, you know, counseling to get the degree. You got to go and do all this hours. His answer to people was, everybody's got problems, get over it. <laughs> that's what he's saying. I thought, that's Neil Lincoln, baby. That's Neil Lincoln. Get over it. Everybody's got problems. I thought it was pretty. Now, I wouldn't suggest anybody doing that. I'm sure he Obviously, he didn't want to be a counselor. So that kind of applies to the doubt. Let's get over now. Let's get over it. Let's get with God and get real with him about our doubt. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Let's get real and honest and let God work in us. Okay? But belief in, in, in that those things, what? He says. He says. You. It will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, you'll have them. So lots of times when you have a problem, we want to pray about the problem. Or we want somebody to give us a word about the problem. Or we want to go to a counselor about the problem. Jesus is saying, you need to start talking to your problems. That's what he was saying. And that's what he said to me. You, if you want that knee healed, you need to start speaking to it. And I'm thinking, daggone it. I'd rather for you just to do it. Right? Just do it. Lord, I don't want to talk to my knee. But I started talking to my knee. I started telling it, stop hurting because you're healed. I literally started telling that. And guess what? Every day, it started feeling better and better and better and better. better. But I had to keep speaking to it. In other words, I had to keep contending. I had to keep saying to that problem, you've got to come, you've got to be released. You, You can't stay hurting because God has revealed to me that you're healed. And if he says you're healed, this is phantom pain. This is not real. Are oh, y'all following this? I'm not trying to be some floozy doozy faith kind of crazy stuff. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And I'm telling you what the Lord told me in that dream. That this is a year for solutions. The solutions are available. But he's asking us to get involved with the solution. He's asking us to begin to call out and begin to speak to things. If we've got a problem, we need to say, okay, I need some wisdom here. To get this problem solved. And pull that wisdom in and release that wisdom. Does it mean it's going to happen instantly? Some, some miss. I believe there'll be some things instantly, but there'll be other things you'll have to you have to pull on. You'll have to keep you'll have to keep speaking. And I think that's just one of the things I feel like the Lord wants to do this year for the body of Christ. I really do. And so I, I need to stop so Becky won't be mad at me. So I want to pray. It's too late. <laughs> it's way too late. It was too late years ago. It was too late on our honeymoon. I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> I was in trouble. To, I was in trouble the night of my honeymoon. <laughs> and I, I just and it's been one. I've been walking through troubles <laughs> for all these years. <laughs> Every once in a while, she gets in trouble with me, but I'm gonna tell you, those are odd times. Like they're not the norms. You know, I, but if I catch her on something, I make sure. Like, I'm, I got you. Like, all this time you've been saying this about me, now I've got you. Becky's great. She's a great mom. Y'all are great moms. Every one of you. Who's got physical elements this morning? Stand up. We're going to, I want you to, physical, this, the physical. I just want to do the physical. And I want you to start speaking to your problem. And Kelly, to be healed and declare if you, if you feel doubt in your heart, don't be condemned. It's okay. Get with Jesus about your doubt. That's, that's all I'm asking. For, for those of you who suffer with doubt, just, just get with him about your doubt. But start pulling on this. Go back and read this whole story in Mark 11. Just read the whole story and just soak in, let it soak into your heart. You know, and let the Lord reveal to you what he wants to reveal. Everyone else has problems in this room. Every one of us. And there's always going to be problems. But we always have a solution. And the solution is this person of Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so, Father, I just speak right now to every one of these situations, these problems, these physical problems, Lord, that these people are standing up for. We speak to them today and we say, 
you need to stop. You need to stop hurting. You need to get whole. You need to get healed in Jesus' name. Get healed. Get healed. And Lord, if there's anything we need to do, if we need to forgive somebody, if there's anything binding up your word in our life, you'll show it to us, Lord. You'll show it to us. You'll show it to us. You'll show it to us. Oh, okay. It's really sad. I'm going to release that bitch, okay? Voy a orar por sanidad, hermano. Eso es lo que el pastor estaba haciendo. Ponga su mano donde le duele, donde está su problema. Si usted necesita solución, háblele a su problema, okay? Los hermanos hispanos que están por ahí, ponga su mano sobre sobre donde le está doliendo. Now let's pray. Vamos a orar. En el nombre de Jesús. I'm going to get uh, anaconda style. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh. I felt that when I came in this morning, God wanted to heal some people. All right, Jeff Miller, you're going to get your healing. So you better believe it. It's coming for you, brother. You better grab that. Woo! Vamos, hermano, a creer conmigo. En el nombre de Jesús, reprendemos la enfermedad. Yo reprendo toda aflicción. En este momento, se va ahora. En el nombre de Jesús, deja tu cuerpo. Ahora, en el nombre de Jesús, cáncer, dolor de huesos, artritis, fuera. En el nombre de Jesús, tú eres libre por la sangre de Cristo. Tú eres libre. Dios te hace libre. En el nombre de Jesús, ahora. Oh, Shabbat.